turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, we're continuing the series, Salt and Light. Today, we're talking about walking in Death Valley. And you're like, well, pastor, that's going to be real encouraging. No, trust me, it will be. Matthew chapter 5, familiar place in Scripture, Jesus teaching at the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this to those who had gathered. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it lasts, uh, sorry, if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out. I love that. Underline that, highlight it. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We talked about this over the summer as I was introing this uh, message, uh, this fall sermon series, and saying many times when crisis happens, when storms come, we as Christ followers freeze up and, and oftentimes don't know what to do, how to react, how to add value in situations that are, are crisis situations. And I firmly believe that we're called as Christ followers to add value, to step into those crisis situations, to step into those storms and provide what is needed to impact the world around us. Many of you are familiar with the, the message translation. Eugene Peterson, a theologian, was up in my hometown of Vancouver, Canada at Regent College. Uh, he and a number of others penned this translation called The Message. And, and here in chapter 5 of Matthew, uh, he writes it this way. Exact same verses, but I, I believe it sheds some light into what, what Jesus was saying here. Here's another way to put it, he says. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, it, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine Jesus himself says, I'm putting you there. I'm making you prominent. I'm putting you in a place of influence. Now your job is to shine, to shine that light. Now hear me, I fully believe 100% that God is 100% capable of doing this himself, should he want to. God is not deficient in that he needs me, <laughs> don't laugh, or you to accomplish it, and yet in his sovereignty, in his choice, in his decision, he decided and he chose to use you and to use me to accomplish his purposes and his plan here on planet earth. That is his plan. You are God's plan. You are God's purpose you are the conduit through which he wants to work and will work here on earth in the lives of people that you come in contact with. I invite you to turn to Psalm 23. 
and we're not going to recite it. Uh, guaranteed, it's familiar. You uh, might feel like you should, you don't need to turn there, but go there anyways, because we there's some things here I want us to take a look at this morning. I believe they're going to encourage us based on this subject. Psalm 23 says this: "The Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need." He lets me rest in green meadows. Uh, Now, this morning I got up, walked out the back door, sat on the back porch with my cup of coffee, and there in front of me in our green meadows, our little postage stamp of of, uh, seven wires out there, there were about 12, 13, 14 deer just bedded down in the backyard, lying in green pastures, and it just brought uh, my mind to this scripture Just not a care in the world. Little acorn here, some grass here. I have all that I need. He renews my strength. He leads me beside peaceful streams. We don't have a peaceful stream in our backyard, but uh, it would be wonderful if we did. Uh, He renews my strength. He guides me along paths of righteousness, uh, along paths, bringing honor to his name. It it seems utopic, doesn't it? You know, parents, think about this. In the, the hectic day that you'll probably have tomorrow morning, putting lunch, you know, lunches together for your kids, you might just close your eyes and say, find a, happy, find a happy place, find a happy place, find a happy place. You might have done this at Walmart or somewhere else, just kind of find my happy place, find my happy it, it, it seems pristine, doesn't it? If I could just shut off the world for a minute and, and rest in in the green pastures, and and find that quiet, still waters, right? Look at verse 4. It goes on, even when the way goes through Death Valley. This is the message uh, version. Um, Some of you might know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It says, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. And what I want to do today is take a look at this section. When I'm walking through Death Valley, there's some confidence and assurance that I have. There's a couple of things to know. You know, several times in uh, 30 years of ministry, I have come, I can literally say face to face with evil with evil, and I mean evil, evil, evil. Um, Different manifestations, but undeniably um, evil at work. Whether it's in New Age uh, settings or or people who are following the New Age movement, um, whether whether it's uh, satanic worshipers, People who are actively, um, I met one time, I met a, a guy who was a self-proclaimed warlock. And into the whole teaching, into the whole uh, uh, Satan worship and that. Um, another time I was at a wedding and um, it was a, kind of a, a wedding of a friend of a friend. And I got sitting at a table and you know, when you go to a wedding and you get you know, random, randomly seated at, at these uh, tables at the reception, you just don't know who you're going to meet. And... You know, so we're going around the table, hey, who are you, what's your name, what do you do for a living, and, you know, came to, there was this young lady on the other side of the table, what do you do for a living, and just without even hesitating, I'm a spiritual healer. Oh, okay, cool, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, come to find out this wasn't a Christ follower, this was somebody who is, and yet, 
self-proclaimed spiritual healer. And, and you know, I, we didn't get into the conversation right then and there. But, you know, by which power do you heal? You know, evil. You go beyond that and, you know, you hear stuff on the news, just, uh, you know, crimes and, and the stuff that, that we hear of day in, day out that you can't explain other than true evil at work within people. But oftentimes, you know, it's, it, it's, it's out there. Or it's few and far, but this isn't something that we experience in our day-to-day lives. And so it's very easy for us to just kind of go, well, if, if I don't experience the, the, the evil that personified in my day-to-day life, then it just must not exist, right? Well, no, it does. And, and we are daily walking through Death Valley. We're daily walking in places of darkness. It just might not look exactly what you think it, it should look like. Have you been in places where, where there are lies and deceit? Have you been in places where there's racism and sexism and classism? Have you been in places of anger and rage and hatred? Have you been in places where there's slander and abuse, maybe depression and hopelessness? You see, in in theory, we get thinking, okay, well, this this evil has to be this little dude in a red suit and a pitchfork and, and, you know, breathing fire. Well, that's not realistic, and yet daily, hear me, we come in contact with, daily you come in contact with darkness. Daily. And for us to just simply ignore it and go, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of God and I, I walk in faith and victory, praise the Lord, that's great, and somehow insulated and isolated from, from darkness, that's not realistic. Hear me, this is the defining character trait of a Christ follower, the potency and the assurance with which we step into death valley and we make a difference. Hear me, let me say it again, the potency and assurance in which we step into death valley and add value and we bring uh, the light and life of Jesus Christ and we make a difference. Think of the depression and fear and, home, uh, and loneliness, anger and abuse that's all around us. Like I said, too often we as Christ followers, we freeze up instead of moving in and bringing a God solution. Death Valley is what Eugene Peterson calls it. So how do we do this? How do we bring the light and life of Jesus? How are we the salt of the earth? How are we the light of the world Well, I have two ideas and two thoughts I'd love to share with you this morning. The first one is this, and you have bulletin, has some uh, blanks there. The first one is this, we need to know what we have. You need to know what you have. Um, I I didn't see Bud here today. Is Bud here today? There's Bud right back there. Um, So my my buddy Bud, uh, he delivers uh, meals for Meals on Wheels. Well, uh, trust me, he needs to know what he has. He can't just show up at somebody's front door with a toolbox and kind of go, oh, this should have been a hamburger. You know, he needs to know what he's delivering. He needs to know what he has as he delivers something. You need to know what you have, what commodity it is that is in you and, and that is moving through you. Christ in you. The psalmist says, I'm not afraid when you walk 
at my side. Number one is we need to know that, that it's Christ in us, working in us and through us. You know, when I was a kid, I, I was afraid of the dark. Um, I have two older brothers, and some people would have thought it was a blessing to have a, a room by yourself growing up. Um, for me, being afraid of the dark and uh, somewhat scared of my surroundings and that, I wanted roommates. I wanted to, to room with my brothers, but for some reason, my two older brothers didn't want this little punk kid in their room. So they put me down, and, and just so happened that my room was next to the stairs that went downstairs. We had a, uh, an unfinished basement, and unfinished basement is that residence of, of boogeymen and monsters. It just is. Unfinished basements. Parents, don't do that to your kids. Okay? So my room and my headboard and my, and my bed was right up against the wall that was next to the stairs that went down into boogeyman haven. And so every night I would lie awake, and I, could, I swear to this day, I heard footsteps coming up and down those stairs all night long, every night when I was a kid. I was afraid. I was scared. I was horrified. And what would happen? My parents would come in, and, and you know, I'd be crying, Mom, Dad! And they'd come rushing down, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Uh, and I'd tell them, no, there's no one. And they'd even take me out, see, there's no one. And I'd say, yeah, right. They only, you know, boogeymen only come out when parents aren't around. <laughs> well, they'd reassure me, we're, we're right here. Nothing's going to happen to you. And beyond that, what would they they'd tell me? You know what? Ultimately, Darren, Jesus is right here with you. You are not alone. That's what David was saying. He's saying, you are with me. I don't have to worry about things. I don't have to fear for things. Why? Because you're with me. Uh, 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 Paul, in Colossians 1, he, he says, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. You can have this confidence. Why? Because Christ, by the power of His Holy Spirit, is living in you and He's working through you. You don't need to be afraid. So you have this knowledge this understanding that it's Christ in me, but if it just stays at knowledge, it doesn't do you any good. The knowledge needs to be activated. The knowledge needs to be uh, moved. It needs to be uh, 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 this outworking in your life. You know, many Christians know what they know what they know. They know the Word of God. Uh, of God. They know that it's Christ in us, but, but it has no effect on us. Knowing, don't let it just stop there, but, but allow it to, uh, to change you and affect your actions. Let me challenge you on that. Your life should be one of boldness, of assurance, of peace, of joy, of love that's flowing out of you. You might say, well, pastor, I'm just not that extrovert kind of person. You don't need to be an extrovert kind of person to live your life in faith and assurance and confidence, knowing that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you are called to live that out and walk that out daily. It's not a personality issue. It's a truth issue of whether it's true or whether it's not in your life. Paul in Galatians 5 says, a life lived by the, the, the Spirit it has these, these markers, these, this fruit that flows out of it of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Where's the peace in your life? Have you ever asked yourself that? I am a child of God, and all these things are swirling around me. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Where is the peace in my life? 
I challenge you on that. Are you a, a, a person who's prone to worry and fear and stress? And that doesn't mean that if you worry and fear and you stress that, that you're, you're somehow a bad person. It's just a, a matter of, of putting it in perspective of who is it that's walking with you and what confidence and how does that, how does that affect your day-to-day -day life? The Spirit of the Lord. And I invite you to take inventory on that. The Lord walking with you. So that's the first thing that David says. You walking with me, I can have this confidence and this courage. And then the next thing he says is something that, that we find hard to equate with. And we kind of find it hard to relate to. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, a rod and a staff. You know. And I, I asked Bud... Um, if you don't know Bud, you'll get to know him. But I asked him, and I used this once before, but I don't own a staff per se. On you know, I have a, a you could say a golf club or things like that that I use. But this is a, a legit staff. And I got thinking about when, when David says, you rod and your staff, they come for me. What does he mean? And uh, um, what came to mind was uh, when uh, God was calling Moses and... Um, Moses is kind of trembling, and Moses is kind of not too sure about this. And, and God says, hey, Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses goes, what, this? And God says, yeah. Um, he says, this is a, a staff. And what does God say? He says, use it. I want to show you how I'm going to use what you have in your hand. And I really believe that when David was talking about walking through Death Valley, he, and he said, your staff, it comforts me. It was really God saying, hey, David, see that thing in your hand? What, this? Yeah. I want you to use it. Well, how do we use it? You know, like I said, it's not like we walk around with a staff, do we? But, but if you have a staff, it, it, it stabilizes you, right? It, it, it helps you when you're, when you're walking along um, uneven ground, particularly if you're hiking somewhere and you're going through maybe Death Valley, you're, you're hiking up in Colorado and you're, you, you know, you, you're making your way a, a place that you don't know. It, it's something that, that stabilizes you. This is what God has given us. It's a tool for us to use, just like God gave Moses a tool to use, just like God gave David a tool to use. God has given you a tool to use, and it's first and foremost one that stabilizes you. It helps to put your feet on, on, on the ground with confidence, even though it might be uneven ground and unstable ground. I told you that Dana and I uh, have been uh, you know, kind of Everest documentary junkies. Well, they don't carry a staff, they carry an ice pick. And as they're climbing, they, they, they knock that thing into the ice and it gives them stability, gives them confidence. That's what, what you have. You have something to give you uh, stability and confidence in your life to, to walk that out. Number two, what does it do? It clears the way. Out of my way, right? It clears the way. If you're going through the, the bush, you're knocking stuff out of the way. It's funny. Um, have, have any, has anyone else in Wise County had like spider apocalypse? It's like, and the, I'm out mowing my lawn, it's like dragnet. It's like, you know, it's like clotheslines me. This stuff is like thick as rope. 
Well, I tell you, uh, Gabe, our, our uh, high school senior, he goes out to cross-country practice. He's the first guy out of, out of the house in the morning, and, and he's got <laughs> these keys with his lanyard on it. And it's funny, he goes out, and he's, he's so sick and tired of being, you know, um, caught up in spider webs when he goes out first thing in the morning. So he'll walk out the door, and he'll start doing this with his <laughs> lanyard. <laughs> he needs one of these, right? It clears the way. It's something that, that, that opens up the, the way for you to walk. It's a tool to be used. What are some tools that God's given you to use and to walk out in confidence and courage in? Around here at Crossroads, you have plenty of tools to open up the door for you. You have plenty of tools, plenty of opportunities growing in your faith. You have a tool of fellowship and community. And we celebrate people being baptized. Why? Because we're in community with one another. Love, there's this affection and affinity that we hold and we have. And it's not just this, oh, that's nice, isn't that cool? You know, hey, an, an, another... Um, uh, you know, resource for it. It's, it's something for us to, to use and to activate and to, and to strengthen us with and to move forward. It opens up doors for us. What else does the staff get used for? Staff gets used for, yes, hitting things over the head and killing them. Right? What did David have a staff for? Out, out, in the, in the, out on, the, um, on the range, David didn't have a gun. This is pre-gun. This is, you know, David needed one of these for the wild animals that were going to come, and he needed to bust a few heads. God has given you a tool to be able to, to uh, combat and fight the enemy with confidence and courage. God has given you that ability. God has given you that tool to step out in faith, to step out in, in knowledge and understanding, step out in strength. And you know, all too often, we, we don't end up using it. We have these tools and we don't use it. You know, how many of you ever played Wii Mario Kart? You know, you're going around and you're driving around. It, not using the tools that God has given us is like driving around with a red shell and not using it. You know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have kids under 12, you know exactly. Dad, use the red shell. Use the red shell. It's like, no, I'm not going to use it. I can do this on my own. Use the tool. You know, older kids, you got Guitar Hero, you know, going along. There's this one button that you get enough, thing, you press that button and all the notes disappear for about 10 seconds and you can let your hands just rest, right? It, it, not using the tools that God has given you is like, is not using those, those things um, in those video games. It, it, it's absurd to not use the resources you have. God has given you some resources to step out in faith and, and courage and have an effect on this world around us. Know that. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now here at Crossroads, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's not just think about it. You've heard me say over and over, this isn't just about theory. This isn't just about a cool story. This isn't just something to pat us on the back and go, boy, aren't we feeling good today? No, how does this land? How's it, how does this affect you this afternoon? How does this affect you tomorrow morning? And this is a tool, a device to walk into crisis situations, walking into dark places, into death valley, and making a difference. I want our prayer to be, Lord... 
wherever my feet take me, wherever my week leads me, my prayer is that when I walk into those situations where I don't know what to do, I'm trusting the tools that you have given me. I'm trusting the abilities, not my own, but the abilities that you've given me, the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me to add value. And I don't know, I'm leaving that up to you, God, how you want to do it. I'm just simply going to be faithful in this. I want to talk about just first, I take a time out and talk about Death Valley. You know, I think sometimes um, there's just this stigma attached to it. Like, oh boy, I just, you know, if, if I'm anywhere near Death Valley, then people are going to look at me like I'm not a, a real Christian or I'm, I'm, there's problems in my life. Or Can I just tell you that, that David, um, you know, doesn't say if you walk through Death Valley, it's, it's when. When you walk through death, do you know that, that, that death valley, for, for one, is not a punishment? But think about it this way. Maybe, just maybe, and I won't even say maybe, guaranteed. Think of it this way, that God is the one who is leading you through death valley because he has a plan and a purpose for you to add value and to bring light into death valley. So Death Valley is not a punishment place for a Christ follower. Death Valley is a mission place for a Christ follower. All right? The other thing about Death Valley, it's not a drive-by shooting. Okay? It's not just, uh, you know, drive through it 90 miles an hour, just, you know, and then you're out of there. No, this, it's a journey. You're walking through it. You're, you're experiencing with those who you're walking with. This is something that takes time. It's something that, that you're on a mission from God. So a couple of side notes about that. So we talked about knowing what you have. The second point there that I want to make is knowing what you have to give away. So first of all, you need to know what you have. And then secondly, you need to know what you have to give away. Talk about uh, Serve Sunday. It's coming up. We have something to give away. Once again, Christ in you. What is it? Christ in you, Paul says, the hope of glory. We have the hope of Christ to give away. The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is within us. And that, that provides for us this practical posture as we walk through life. This is our conviction. This is our belief. This is our line of the sand. This is how we walk. We walk knowing that we have something to give away. We have the love of Jesus. We have the peace which surpasses all understanding. It rises above anything that we can comprehend. It guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is what we have to give away. God's supernatural activity. His work is available and it's accessible. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the supernatural power of the God of this universe is acceptable, or is accessible and, and accessible? Do you believe that? Turn over to Acts chapter 3. I want to end with this. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3 is a story of, of um, the, the apostles. And they were on their way up to, up to church one day. Take a look at Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says there that Peter and John went up to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being called in, or was being carried in, sorry. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate 
the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. I just want to pause there for a second. I want you to take it out of um, New Testament times. I want you to put it into today's time. I don't want you to put it in a church setting. I I want you to put it in a community setting. Each and every day you're going about your business. Each and every day you are a Christ follower on, an, on, a, on a mission, on an agenda. Um, you're, you're, you're going through your day. Every single day you're going to have people in your life who are going to get your attention and say, maybe not literally, but they're going to say, I need help. I need something. Get that, just that picture in your mind. You are going to meet people tomorrow. You're going to meet people Thursday. You're going to meet people next Saturday who are going to step into your life and they will not use those terms help or that term help. They won't even use that word. But in some way, shape, or form, you might see in their eyes, you might hear from their voice, they might tell you a story, you might find something out about them, but their words will be meaning, I need help. What will your response be? Look at verse 4. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. Eagerly expecting for the need that he thought he had to be met. If only I had some money, I could take care of myself. I could fill my tummy. I could eat, eat something and everything would be fine. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I want you to underline, I want you to highlight this. But I'll give you what I have. Just stop there for a second. What do you have to give? What do you have to give someone who's crying out for help? What do you have to give? In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Verse 7, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, and get this, and helped him up. So he acted and he moved. And then it says, and as he did. Did you notice that? It's not like, poof, something happened, and then just kind of, they mopped it up. No. As he did. You've heard me say this before. God chooses to use us in his plans and purposes. And as we say yes and move, supernatural things take place. This is what's happening here. God wanted to use Peter and John, gave them opportunity. They said yes, and as he did, supernatural took place. The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. God wants to use you. God is talking to you. God is speaking to you. Will you let me use you? And as you say yes, and as you move, supernatural things are going to take place, and people's lives are going to be changed and transformed. Get a load of this, verse 8. The man jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, praising God, He went into the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. He went, do you think anyone wants to walk, leap, and praise God? Do you think anyone wants joy in their life? Do you think anyone's looking for joy? It's exactly what people need, and this is exactly what took place. And then verse 9, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. There's a big commotion, right? 
when they realized he was that lame beggar, the one that they'd seen every single day, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement in Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So there's this colonnade, and we don't have colonnades in, uh, in um, our Western civilization, but uh, if you've been through Europe, and that, these colonnades, these areas, it's like a plaza, kind of a place where back in those days, there's a whole, it was almost like a market. There's a, a gathering place. It was a community place. And here in that place, God was doing something amazing. It said that people were astounded. Why? Because there were amazing things taking place, amazing, amazing things happening. Hear me, church. God wants to use you today. God wants to use you this week. God wants to use you to bring His light and life to this world as we go through this deep, dark uh, time, these deep, dark waters, God has you a, an opportunity to add value. I'm inviting the uh, worship team to come and join me. And let's all stand together. And uh, I understand we have a one more baptism that we're going to have before we dismiss, but let's pray. Let's all stand, okay? And um, Pastor Elaine, if you want to come on up, and I'm going to pray, and just pray a blessing over, and um, um, we're going to have the altar team come up to the front here too. In just a minute, we'll dismiss. If we can pray with you, we'd love to do that. If we can provide some ministry to you, we'd love to do that. There's just some questions of how this works, how this uh, uh, lives out in my life this week. We want to help you with that. We want to pray with you and, and see what God wants to do in your life. Okay, so let's pray and then um, we'll have a baptism and we'll just all stay standing for that. And then uh, we'll dismiss, all right? So, Lord Jesus, I pray a blessing. A blessing over each one here. Lord, I pray that this wouldn't be a, a point of confusion for us. Lord, this isn't hard. It's not difficult. But, Lord, I think sometimes we try to make it more difficult than it really is. Lord, you're drawing us to yourselves. You want us to remember and know firsthand that you walk with us. You want us to remember and know that you have equipped us and you've given us the tools. You've, you've put that, that uh, tool in our hands that you want us to use and utilize. And Lord, I pray that we'd see the light and life of Christ in Death Valley, those places where we walk even this week. We're on a mission from you. And we thank you that it's Christ in us who lives in us and through us, the hope of glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.